Well, ladies and gentlemen, joining me today, Neil Roberts, Tab 5, The Dark Urge. How are you, mate? Great to have you on the show. I'm really good. It is freezing in England, although it's a lovely blue sky. The uh, grass is crispy, whereas you are sunning yourself. What, so what's this setup you've got here? You're outside taking in the sun? <laughs> I do have a heater on. Um, oh, okay. I've, got, I've, got, I've got a garden room at the back of the house, uh, so it looks like I'm actually outside. But in fairness, the, the, the lighting isn't too bad here, so it pings and takes uh, at least six months off my age. What? Where, where are what, you, London? I the dog earlier, and I had to put a coat on the dog. It's so cold, <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> and he now can't move. He's got he's arthritic, much like me. So I'm oh. stuck here for some time. What um just the one dog? Yes, he's a labradoodle, but it's a standard poodle. People are shocked by him. Because a standard poodle a standard a standard <laughs> poodle is enormous. Yeah. And so he's gigantic. He's got a head like a bear. Uh and, and he's so gentle. Um, but he scares the pants of everyone we meet. Yeah, the, he's, he looks vicious, um, but he's not at all. He's absolutely gorgeous and gentle, but he is gigantic. So that's the only animal in the house? Um, yes. Ooh. Besides yourself. <laughs> my mind was going to say all sorts of things about my, my children, my partner, but I decided not to go there. Makes a change. Normally, I say very inappropriate things, so um, I'm keeping my mouth. Well, you know you're in trouble, Neil, because you're not wearing your dark urge jumper that you got from your kids. Where is it? (laughs) I thought of wearing it, and then I just thought everyone would just think I've got that one item of clothing. If you want, (laughs) it is clean actually. I just washed it. So if you would like me to go and put it on now, I will happily go put it on. I can't make you do that. It's all good. You got the mug there, right? Me too, don't you? <laughs> no, I don't even have my dark urge no, mug. No, Neil. <laughs> You're Should acting too professional. Again? Shall I go and get my mug? <laughs> At least the mug. Come, come on, Neil. At least the uh, mug. Come on. All right. <laughs> these these are from family members, you see. People send me all this stuff. I have no idea where it's from. And it is probably yeah, not something I should be showing off. So... Uh, <laughs> No, no, no. It's all good. It's all good. It's a bit of... There you go. Yeah, there's my dark urge. <laughs> no, no. What does it say again? In my uh, dark urge era. dark urge era. <laughs> I, you, you may have seen a couple of my, my little bits on Twitter and stuff where I talk about the fact that I remember nothing of the game and recording it. And so this could well have been one of my lines. Uh, and that's why I was rather embarrassed saying... Oh, I don't know what it is, but good. At least um, it's not an inside joke. That's good. What about what about this line? Your brain juices, sticky and sweet. Yes, I do remember that. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I remember is the one thing I can watch. You say, um, you know, I, I people send me little clips of my voice and stuff within games, and all of a sudden, these the the you know, being in the studio comes back to me. But if you said to me, can you say some dark urge dialogue? I wouldn't have a clue about any of it. But you're on Cameo, so what are you doing on there? You're just making stuff up? <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple of things. I have been Googling some of my lines. Oh, nice. 
some people tell me what to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, they have very you specific requests. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm winging it a bit. However, obviously, it's um, if you do book a cameo message, it would be very personalised and very specific to your needs and obviously the dark urge too. <laughs> and I talk forever. Get a Someone cameo said, from Neil, guys. Some of them are sort of, yeah, wish me a, <laughs> from, from the dark urge, wish me a Merry Christmas um, <laughs> and sort of happy things like that. But uh, no, so, some other people have said, ask me questions about the stuff or even about being a voice actor. One of my cameos was close on 20 minutes long of me getting rather carried away talking about voice acting. So you get your money's worth, even if I have no idea what I'm talking about. 20 minutes long. That might be a world record for cameo. <laughs> Have you checked well, that? <laughs> if you if you ask enough questions, I I, I yeah, I answer them. Oh, uh, you'll be there all day, Neil. I usually am. I mean, I did say to you, how long is our interview? And you said, Oh, maybe an hour. And I said, All right, I'll because and I do need that because I talk, as you can see. I had an interview for Polygon magazine the other day. And in the end, it turned out to be a few paragraphs long. We spoke for an hour and a half. I mean, he has enough interviews probably to do the whole of the gaming magazines for the next 10 years. <laughs> and what did he cherry pick out of it? A certain... Um... I was going to say, it was yeah. probably an hour and a half of nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> and ultimately, there was only YouTube usable paragraphs. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that's fantastic. How um how was your last year? How was 2023 for you, Neil? Um, Work-wise, personal-wise, or, or everything? Give me a bit of both, please. Okay. Um, <laughs> what is really difficult work-wise is one can't talk about many of the things that you do until they come out. So there is a TV series that I filmed early last year um, that is still not out and I can't tell anyone about. And it always staggers me on Twitter and stuff when people say, oh, I've just been filming this big Netflix thing, but I can't even tell you what it is. Um, and I just think I can't go there. It's just, it's just not worth it. It's too dangerous. Um, so I filmed something then and then I did something else and a couple of other things. <laughs> That's it. I did a TV series over here called Emmerdale. It's a it's a soap opera, but different people around the world have sort of uh, get different ideas of soap operas. Over here, the soap operas, Emmerdale, EastEnders, um, Hollyoaks, etc. They're the biggest shows in Britain. They get the biggest audiences. Uh, and I have been doing this show called Emmerdale for about the last six years on and off. I play a policeman. And whenever there is a murder, I turn up. Uh, I'm an absolutely useless policeman because pretty well every single case I've been a part of, um, I have not discovered who's done it. <laughs> so who's discovering it? The main I character. Did write, I wrote to the no, no one's discovering it. No one, they did, no one gets done for anything. Uh, so a few <laughs> months ago, I wrote to the producer saying, I've got this idea of actually I resolve every case <laughs> in the last 20 years, and half of the cast of Emmerdale are put into prison. <laughs> and I take <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I didn't. What did they say to that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I didn't get a response. I said something like, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember actually what they said. <laughs> yes, yeah, so to hear from you, Neil. Goodbye.
um, and I've been doing quite a few games as well, but yeah, you know, I, I can't tell you sadly anything about those. You know, imagine Baldur's Gate. I was cast in that in September 2019, and. Even early access, I wasn't a part of I, neither the Dark Urge or Tap Five. They just had one to four. And so I didn't appear until August. Um, and I couldn't tell anyone about any of that. It's a long, long time. Even then, I didn't have the game. My PC isn't capable of playing it. So I still had no idea that I was even in it. So at the end of August, I met up with some of the... Um, people at pit stop for a drink and they were saying how well the dark urge monologue had gone down with fans of bg3 i hadn't i thought they were i thought they were pulling my leg and just messing about and then someone else came over and said, oh neil have you seen you have to do that monologue and i go you've all sort of had a little chat here winding me up before i turn up um, and it transpired they weren't but i didn't even know i was i was used in the game let alone yeah, they could easily just have cut me out and said, we've had four years of you, but you haven't made the cut. But the writer specifically said you were the voice of the Dark Urge. Is that correct? Um, I I met Bo uh, a few, yeah, over the autumn, um, a sort of a, a gathering of, of Larian and Pitstop, et cetera. And it was really lovely to meet you know, the, 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 the other creatives, because they are not people that I've met in person before. So that's in fairness when I found out that information that um, the, 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 the writer who created The Dark Urge actually chose me to do that monologue. Yeah. And when you saw that monologue on YouTube with, what is it, 2 million views, just on one video... <laughs> And all the comments, most like, of it is me. Re, no, most of it's me replaying it time and time again. Since, <laughs> well, the title is this: this voice actor needs a raise or something like that. I, know, I did. I I did send it to my both. I, yeah, I sent it to my agent. I sent it to Pitstop. <laughs> I sent it to Sven at, at Larian. Uh, much like the Emmerdale, I got very little response. <laughs> but yeah, isn't it great? This needs a raise. Yeah, it didn't seem to hasn't made a difference. I think it's what do you think it is that connected with people because people are getting emotional over that because you you kind of in that monologue you it kind of came across you were scared, not only confused but scared. Uh, yeah, Neil being confused and not knowing what he was doing probably. No, we had a long chat with the director, um, and who was also talking with Bo, and so. I didn't know it was the the image that it was going to go with. I knew it was customizable, and therefore I think a potentially a tricky thing of the tabs is that you have to create something that is usable within an awful lot of of images and characters that people create and choose. Um, I've always believed that ultimately, even though they're not humans, the thing that makes characters accessible it's having something human within it and so uh, a human emotion of some sort so what we tried to discuss was actually the reality of if you you have some sort of urge you're taken over by whatever thoughts and this voice but you don't know your backstory how confusing that is and the conflict within that and so ultimately that's what we played in fairness we did a few different versions 
Um, yeah, obviously, I can't remember what the versions were, but we did do different versions with different pushing those barriers a bit further. Each, you know. And so what they chose in the end um, was what you hear, but that's not necessarily every take we did because sometimes, yeah, it, because you're not quite sure how it's going to be utilised within the whole you, you you can make it un, more unemotional, it's less conflict, it's drier, maybe it's bloodier, it's more animalistic, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so you wanted to give them the chance to choose the, the, the rendition that works with where it is in the game and what they want to create within the game. But that's, I think, you know, you talk about the emotion of it and what I, I, I you know, I've, I'm, never sure if things will ever work anyway until it comes out and so what people have latched onto i'm not sure but certainly what we wanted to create is that human side of it and that conflict within it because it sounds really pretentious maybe but i genuinely believe that a lot of conflict that we have in our normal lives not as not in the same way as the dark urge but we have intrusive thoughts. All of us have intrusive thoughts. All of us have that thing that would almost lets us blurt out or behave in a certain way. And what is it that stops us doing that? Most of us have some sort of conscience that stops that. And so it isn't just sort of that dark urge character that has that. I think we all have, and that's what humanizes it. I do also think, I heard something the other day. There's a new game that's about to come out. And it's it, initially it was all, I can't remember what it, was it Grand Theft Auto? Where initially it was running people down and doing bad things. And I think people had a joy in doing those bad things because that's the opportunity, a safe environment within a game where you can do that and play that. And, and maybe we want to left off that steam and that, that's great. And therefore is that you can go into that dark urge, you can do those bad things in a that safe environment, relish all of that. It's not supposed to be any more than that. Um, or you can resist it and enjoy and relish that resistance. And I think that to be able to have that choice, and I think when I mentioned Grand Theft Auto, I think in the olden days, you didn't have that choice. It was, you splatter everything. Apparently in the new version, from my understanding, there's going to be that choice. And I think that that is sort of the modern day root of games. That that we we, it, then that's where maybe it humanizes it more. The general dilemma that we naturally have. So, are you? Do you want people to resist the urge or to give in? What would you do if you were playing? Oh, I have played it. Oh, you have played it now. I have played. I still haven't got off the ship. I'm not very patient. <laughs> There's this, what is it? There's this bit where um, you have to go to the, the I'm not paid. My, my kids have said, you need to be patient. You need to decide what magic to use or choose that character. Get Shadowheart to do that because they have that power. Um, I'm not very patient. And so I just want to go in there and gun them all down. And so I keep dying and I haven't got very far. Uh, uh, people can do whatever they want. I, as you can see from my impatience, I probably would not resist. <laughs> I would probably get <laughs> on me. You know, is it Gail's hand that comes out the thing? I'll oh, just go. <laughs> it was a spirit. Kick it. Um, yeah. 
I actually did that by accident my first playthrough. I had to reset, re, redo it. I didn't want to kill him that quick. <laughs> uh, fantastic game and a fantastic performance by you, mate. How much of it is Tab 5 versus Dark Urge? Because it's interconnected, right? Like they use a lot of Tab 5 for the Dark Urge as well, don't they, with a couple extra lines? There's all these people who create this world, who do this writing. And the difference, I think, of this game and from other games I've done is actually you are part of the development of it. So we were brought in. They were still writing stuff. They were still creating the worlds. And from my understanding, they changed some of that dialogue and took went down certain avenues because of what the actors were giving them. Mm. However, I'm not a party of, of, of all of that chat and dialogue. So I have no idea ultimately what they chose to use as tab five and what they chose to use as dark urge. Um, certainly we were, we, we had to do lines later on as the dark urge and the, um, the mind flare were taking over where we had to do things in a different way. So, when we had to do the dialogue and we were taking over by that, it was much colder, it was much more within the mind. The Dark Urge dialogue was much uh, raw, animalistic, whereas Tab 5 was the sort of in-between, sometimes a sardonic, cynical one, sometimes the... But, but the more human element of it, I guess. Um, so we would just sort of told those different things. And again, I think the difficulty of the tab is because you can be even within the dark herds, you can be anything. Um, it's, it's almost having an essence. So I've said this before, and I think it's okay saying now, is that my essence was rogue. When I was first yeah. cast, that's what I was told. Stealth. And we were all told yeah. these different things. And even though I think when you play, you, it doesn't come up to have five rogue element, but it does have that quality to it. So it, it may unconsciously, in fact, from a player's point of view, fit in with what they're trying to do. But as I said, an awful lot of this sort of developed as it went on. Some of it got more emotional. Some of it got, um, you know, initially we were doing, some, the tabs were doing some of the narration and so, and then it, then they changed all of that and ch decided there was going to be a narrator. Uh, so there's all these different things as it went along. And therefore, I think an awful lot of the dialogue that we may have recorded initially was never used and isn't used within the game. And because I haven't, normally when you do a TV or a, a film. You can watch you, it. You, you can watch it and you think, right, I'm going to be interviewed for this. I made it two years ago. I'm going to have to at least sort of refresh my little, mind. Yeah. yeah. Or some of my dialogue or maybe some of my decisions. So this is really hard because I have to play the game. Not only do I have to play the game for 500 hours, I have to be decent at the game so I can get through all of those levels. And so, But that's what you've got kids clear. for, Neil. Yes, they have played the game indeed. But they have not used me. Oh, they, come on. Well, no, there's a couple of things. One of them, they do not want their dad telling them what to do within a game. <laughs> Secondly, they certainly do not want their dad having sex with someone else. Oh, and yeah, I forgot about that. 
And so uh, my kids, don't use, they played the game. They certainly don't use my voice. So how old they are, are your kids, by the way? Um, well, uh, 28 and 20. Oh, okay. Two, and yeah. also I've, I've got 11-year-olds as well who oh, isn't no. allowed. No. Yeah. I showed him the trailer and it popped up and it said 18. I thought, really? I didn't even know it was an 18. And I showed him this trailer and this, you know, the tadpole going in the eye and going, <laughs> ah, <clears throat> pause. This might not be right for you. <laughs> he had his little friend with him and I had to text. <laughs> text a little friend's mother saying, I accidentally oh. showed start of this thing. If there's nightmares, I apologize. <laughs> That's fantastic. Wait, wait, hang on, hang on. I need my dark urge mug. What go. are we drinking? Coffee, tea? Oh yeah, everything. Oh, a bit of bourbon in there somewhere. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to keep warm. <laughs> what do you kids think of all this? <laughs> I have been an actor for many decades. <laughs> they really couldn't give a toss. I hear that a lot. <laughs> no, well, I really do. Don't give a toss about my career. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I mean uh, actors' kids. For some reason, no, they just don't care. I guess because it's normal for them. I think there's a few things though, and and you know, I I still think, however big some of these things are, they don't necessarily see it in that way. You're this pain in the ass. You sort of you know, shouts at them for not going to bed or whatever. Um, or want, you know, an extra tenner going out on a Saturday night. We we send my little 11-year-old out to work, you see. Um, <laughs> no, but I don't know, maybe it's that. Mm. Um, it is interesting. I have been sent, my older kids now do, they have told their colleagues at work and their colleagues are big fans of BG3. Oh. And big fans of the dark urge, yeah. and so they send them all sorts of images and stuff that they find on the internet. So I don't have to Google myself. <laughs> but <laughs> it also may be different if you are, you know, there, there's something strange, I guess, with games because it's not your face. Mm. And so, and lots of the stuff that I, I did at the end of the '90s that were quite big. I was in Charmed, for instance. Um, because it's in a different country, when we're in America, I was I was in the late 90s, I was being stopped in Sunset Boulevard and things by people. And you just think there are more famous people than me around. But that's the power of, you know, things like Beverly Hills, 90210 and Charmed, etc. Um, but because those things were big over there and not so big over here, it doesn't have that, that sort of power. So if I was picking the kids up at the playground and all the kids would be staring at you. If that happened, I think there may be a, a, a different relationship with my kids' views of me being an actor. Uh, but but because the majority of stuff I do doesn't have that embarrassing power or that, that stopping in the street all the time, just occasionally. Um, so I think, you know, I'm just a jobbing actor ultimately. And therefore, they don't have any view of of me being, you know, the dark urge. Even when it's a massive, you know, game of the year, it's won every game of the year award under the sun. You know what I mean? It's a big deal. You know what is really, really strange? I I always feel 
a bit of an imposter and distance from everything. And I think there's two things actually. One is I have relatives that I bumped into, quite close relatives, sort of step nephews and stuff. Oh, congratulations on the game. Oh, that's nice. No, it's huge. No, it's gigantic. And so they view it as something really, really big. But to be frank, I am just a jobbing actor who did an audition yesterday for some other game who's going to put the phone down to you and go into my little my laundry room where I turned into a studio and I do an audition for the next game. So I, it, it, I don't see that in my little world, um, I think it's lovely and I think it's wonderful. And I think the community of BG3 is extraordinary. And I think that this game is very special. I, I guess this is one thing, actually. Mm. The messages I have got and the people I've spoken oh, to yeah. have found this game really special and involving. And I will be honest, I have no idea what that is about. When I did Charmed and shows like that, there was a similar vibe to it of people appreciating the characters within it and the stories um, and almost a, a there's a closeness and, and, a, and a, a love of it that is different from just playing a game or watching an, a TV series. Some things seem to go, I'm not sure if I'm explaining myself. No, yeah, some, yeah. Things, yeah. some things have that bond. Mm -hmm. which 100%. Is, is unusual. It's a feeling, but I, yeah. I find absolutely beautiful because it rarely happens. And what I'm thrilled about is that I'm a tiny part of that bond. And I'm really thrilled that people are getting so much out of it because they are getting more out of it than purely, you know, choosing some numbers and rolling a dice. It's something, it's, it's a relationship between them. And I used to go to lots of conventions around Charmed. Um, there were lots of crossovers with Buffy and stuff. And the people that went there found a, a commonality where they would have people who were interested in the same thing. They had a love of the same thing. And they would find friendships and a bond there. And I always found that really beautiful because a lot of the time, from chatting to some of those people, they were quite isolated in their world and they have come together in a place of acceptance. And I, as I said, I don't know if BG3 is like that. No, but, but it is, 100%. The only thing that I've been familiar with is things like those, those. And I guess it's something to do with that fantasy, maybe. Um, I know that Charmed is, is also about three strong women, which doesn't always happen. And it just seems to resonate the same in, in Baldur's Gate, you know, and the little bit I have played it and the characters that I have heard is that the, the, the gender, sexuality, that what everything is approved of and grounded and accepted in this world. And I think that that is what's special about it, particularly in a normal world that we have where often people try and limit us. Mm. so there you go that that is so even you know what you, this started and you purely saying you know what do you think kids think about you being in this game um 
I think that the, the game, even though I'm just saying I'm, I'm an actor and jobbing actor, etc., cetera, et cetera, nothing's changed. Everything's quite, you know, I just audition <laughs> as I always do. What I'm really proud of is being a part of something that is affecting people's lives in this way. Oh, yeah. It's affected millions of people's lives in a very special way. And um, as you said, you're a big part of it. I mean, how many people, who knows how many people picked tab five? I don't know the num the numbers. Um, well, I think it was interesting in that they came out recently um, with some percentages of the characters of who's most romanced, of who do people mainly choose within the origin characters. And I think it was something like 94, 95% of players customize their characters, which therefore means out of those eight voices that they can have, there are millions and millions and millions. I was quite astounded because I made the assumption everyone would want to be an origin character. Of course, everyone wants to romance an origin character <laughs> and get them a party. So I didn't realize that. But it yeah. does mean that absolutely there. I'm not sure if I want to know the breakdown of the eight. <laughs> <laughs> Who's most popular? Yeah, it's it, it, it'd be an interesting. They're never going to release that, so don't worry. But that would be a very interesting stat to see for sure. <clears throat> but I love how they give you um, so many options, different options. I think it's brilliant. I was watching after the Game Awards, they had Sean Astin and Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood. They were saying on that, this is the most complex character creation they had ever seen in a game. Um, and I think, yeah, when I have read people when they've spent hours and hours of stuff, yeah, many, many hours is even in the creation of it. Um, and I'm not overly you know, knowledgeable about these things and Baldur's Gate particularly, but there's this real joy of the fans being able to hone in and have a character that is so specific to them. Um, and so often that you know, characters are gene generic. You can change a shirt or a bit of this. And it is bonkers what you can choose. And what I find staggering is not just the odd scale and stuff, but all of these things affect the next 500 hours of play. <laughs> and that is even more frightening. <laughs> My eldest son, oh. um, who, who's very uh, uh, sort of scientific, um, he, he did a physics master's at Imperial, and he watched so many YouTube videos before he even downloaded the game to find out the best way of sort of taking that route. What's the best the class? Best build. The best build, yeah. The other. yeah. And you know, I, 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 you know, even that, before you even download the game, <laughs> you need to go into that sort of detail, I find staggering. So is this um, game has this game opened your eyes to gaming a lot? Like have you learned a lot about the gaming world from this experience and the aftermath? It seems like you have. I I I used to love games. Um I'm so old. The first game <laughs> I had was a Nintendo, no Nintendo. Uh oh, what's it called? Oh, the it slipped my mind. Beep beep beep. Oh, beep, we're talking real beep. old school. Yeah. Oh, little ping pong. 
Um, it's on my Twitter feed because I picked it up the other day. You know, so what oh, was your okay. first game? They're all coming out with these different things. I think, no, 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 I go back a long way. I used to adore games. And my when my eldest was little, there were Lego PC games, Lego Racers, I think it was called, where he was too little, in fact. He had to finish first to open up the next level. And he'd have a great time, but he couldn't quite open it up. So he would go to bed. And I would spend hours and hours and hours being a really, what I thought was a really good daddy of winning this round so I could open up the next bloody round. Um, so that, yeah, and I actually really enjoyed it though. And I remember, was it Castle Wolfenstein? Sorry, I can't, I shouldn't say that with an accent, should I? But I can't help saying <laughs> with an accent for some reason. Um, I remember playing that. Probably, is it about 2099, something like that? Yeah. And on the PC, all the lights off, everyone gone to bed. It would really scare me. <laughs> and I had to stop playing it because I couldn't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so as soon as my kids were old enough, there was a new Castle, Castle Wolfenstein, I think in about, is it 2014? Yeah. And I bought that. And there was again. <laughs> just... <laughs> Yeah, to death. Um, so anyway, um, I used to adore games and I used to go to arcades all the time and those zombies, what's it, where you would shoot things. Yeah, yeah. Spend an absolute fortune. I go to, into London to Leicester Square for an audition and I go in, yeah, arrive early, go, all right, I'll go to the arcades, do my audition, <laughs> just get it over with. And then I go back in the arcade again. Um, but yeah, playing all of those games, not fruit machines, I used to adore them. And I don't know what it is. As I've got older, maybe it's just life in general gets on top of you. You don't feel that you can spend the time on it. And so although I still play certain games um, and, you know, things like Call of Duty is quite easy in that you just you, you I'm sure you should use tactics, but I just shoot everything. Um, but that's the, that's my my problem with lots of these games is that they take so long uh it's a time to, to, investment to yeah yeah um and i just don't feel i have that time which is ridiculous but yeah so you say i it's only more recently i i know that there's an awful lot of actors in Baldur's gate who predominantly do games and i know neil has been quite honest where well, he's done hollyoaks he's done all sorts of different things but he's been quite honest about uh i think it was about 10 years ago where he Game sort of saved him. It gave him a new drive. It gave him a world where he was all of his different things were appreciated. And so I guess I have come to games more recently and I do an awful lot of different things. I also do a lot of theatre and I do musicals in the West End. I was in Mamma Mia. I did Mary Poppins, all these different things. And so games indeed is something newer. But now I've done some whether I am just better at it and auditioning at it or whether people know me a little bit, I don't know, but I am doing more and more games now. Great to but hear. <laughs> there are a lot of people though who can manipulate their voice. They can do 20 different characters. They all sound different. And I can't do that. You, you buy me. That's you great. Either... I love that. No, I love that. You can sort of have a, you know, a, a jolly me or a, a, a dark urge, <laughs> whatever it might be. 
uh, they're all they're all in essence me. Um, I'm not sure if within games that is yeah, whether, whether whether that's sellable Possible. or not. Yeah, 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 it definitely is sellable, especially with a voice like yours. With the acting chops that you've got, I think you'll be more than fine, Neil. Well, that's very kind of you, Dan. Thank you. <laughs> oh, mate. it's uh, It's been a pleasure to have you on. What do you want to say to the fans? The fans of Baldur's Gate. Oh, gosh. I knew there'd be a question that you'd ask that I wouldn't have been asked before, and I haven't even <laughs> seen it. Well, keep playing. Keep resisting. No, don't resist. <laughs> there you go. I'm, I'm a bit like the dark urge. Resist. No, don't resist. Resist. Um, I want to, I, I guess actually what I want to do is, is thank the fans for playing the game, for being so generous to all of us voice actors, but certainly to me and what I have offered, particularly within the dark urge, um, people have been generous, as I said, and kind and thoughtful and really positive. And, as I told you before, there are many things you do. Some things you do where you think this is going to be absolutely brilliant and it bombs. And there are other things you do where you will think you are brilliant in it, but overall it's rubbish and therefore you're lost within it all. There are other things you do where you don't quite know what you're a part of, as in what effect it will have on people. And I think this was one of those that even you know, the Larian team, they worked their asses off. And obviously they showed uh, journalists, et cetera, sort of various elements over the progress. But ultimately, from my understanding and talking to them, they've been surprised how this has, how people have responded to this. And I guess if you knew you were gonna have a hit, uh, you know, every film would be, wouldn't it? And uh, it, it's quite, you, you never quite know how people will take things. But I think that they have had the most extraordinary care and attention. And as I said, the thing about, I think, being a voice actor within this game, having done a few games now, sometimes the actors are a sort of add-on at the end. I appreciate any work I get, but sometimes you are not involved with it. You are not even told the project name. You go into the studio it's really hard to visualize where this is going to be and what you are going to do. And for me, I like to be able to put myself within the situation to imagine everything as much as possible. You imagine so you'd you like the set if, if you could. You'd love to even be in the in the set itself if you could. <laughs> To a certain extent, but, you know, within Baldur's Gate, because you could be in many diff different places and potentially when they record, they're not quite sure where you're going to be even then. Um, the, no. the, I'm not sure if that's necessary. What okay. I want as an actor is for all of you within the team to know where you are within this project, in this scene, this character as much as possible for you then to really immerse yourself. I think it's really hard for an actor to be vulnerable and to give in and to, to, to understand everything and have your imagination really lit up when there's very sparse knowledge. Well, exactly right. You, you, are, yeah. you are making up, so you might have certain information. You think, I think this is what they mean, but obviously you can easily then, you, you make picture something 
that is completely different from the reality. Now, obviously, they're going to say, yeah, that voice is great. That fits what we think we've got in mind. But I just think it would be really, it would be much more satisfying for the actor to get as much knowledge as possible. Because I feel that then we can give ourselves 100% and being confident that, that we, we've made the right choices. And within Baldur's Gate, I do believe we did that because we had those discussions. We were all part of that development. But I must admit, we are not always. Um, maybe with some games, the, the, the voices, the characters are not as important as other, other elements of it, which is fine. But I genuinely believe part of the reason Baldur's Gate is so immersive and involving, but because what they created is everything at the same time. And that is what creates a brilliant story and helps the players immerse themselves within it. And if that isn't done in that way, everything is almost like you have all these different bits of a jigsaw that don't quite work together. And I guess that I've noticed that that can happen with some games. Um, and I think that that's changing and people are being more uh, responsive to actually create the whole thing as a whole. You, you, you play a lot of games, you tell me. What are your thoughts about that? Mate, that's a great answer. It's it's an ever evolving landscape. I think one of the things that resonated with people of Boulder's Gate is that um, there was no predatory sort of trying to grab money out of you. It was a massive amount of content, quality content for a fair price, and no add-ons or this or that. You get you get what you're given, right? And it's just quality and there's so much i mean you could play boulders gate for years and not have to play another game really because you can play it over and over and get a completely different experience i think that's what's resonating and of course the characters really i think resonated with a lot of people characters were just second to none and the writing and we could go on and on the music was phenomenal i mean you, everyone was nailing it so all right i'm going to introduce a new segment just for you neil to round this one out, Dan's 13 questions, working title, obviously. Okay, have we still got another 15? Is that all right? You yeah, need a you run? Expect, you expect me to answer 13, 13 questions. in 15 minutes. No. <laughs> well, when I say 15, it might be 20 or plus. See how we go. Some of them are quick. Some of them My are 13 not. questions. Why 13? It's well, just, did you decide I want 13 questions or did you write the questions out and find out there were 13? <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, 13 is, is one of my lucky numbers. That's that's oh, yeah, yeah. Right. no real reason why. Okay, question one. You're getting an ice cream, two scoops on a cone. What flavours are you choosing, Neil? You want short answers. I'm never good at short answers. <laughs> Go mid mid range. No, you mid -range. See, I'm not very good at things. You have things like like strawberry and stuff, and they're pleasant, but they they, they feel quite perfumed um, and false. So I actually like a vanilla. But well, me too. I do like, some, I do like something that 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 then. So I'm also quite partial to a uh, salted caramel. Oh. So we went to the theatre on Sunday. And for £122, we bought the tiniest tub of vanilla ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right. 
ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, so I would have one scoop of, however, what I, <laughs> my favorite actually is Mr. Polyfiller. You know that. What's that? Oh, okay. Yeah. Where yeah, yeah. The, we used to call it Mr. Polyfiller. It was from when I was tiny in the ice cream van, would come down the street and you'd have a 99. So you'd have the swirly, tasteless. I mean, it did. It tasted of nothing. Um, and the flake. And I have this, I have a romantic uh, sort of rose tinted glasses view of ice cream vans and Mr. Polyfiller ice cream with a flake in it that has been sitting in the sun and probably, you know, is, is drooped a little. So there you go. Do I have to have two scoops? Can I have one of those instead? Yeah, you can. You can. Second question, night or morning person? <laughs> what about neither? Neither? What, what do you mean? Because I'm really tired when I get up. I'm really tired of an evening. Before oh, so you're bed. a midday kind of guy. You have me at my pinnacle. <laughs> But my Everest, my peak at 11 minutes past 12. Can't you tell? It doesn't get any better than this. Did you say in that Polygon interview, did you say you had ADHD? You got you um, you um found that out recently? Is that right? I was diagnosed actually about 10 years ago, but medically oh, only diagnosed. Okay. Diagnosed a couple of years ago uh, medical, medically or clinically or whatever it's called. So, yes, indeed. And that's... And part of part of my answer would be to do what you're saying, because mm. sometimes I and I it's it's about the anxiety of chatting to people, and also the anxiety the the exhausted nature of focus that mm. things like today, this afternoon, I will probably just have to lie on the sofa. And not yeah. be able to move because I'm absolutely shattered from the discipline, which you haven't noticed in the last hour, but the amazing discipline I have showed <laughs> within the last hour. Um, and it, yeah, it never made any sense for decades. And when I got that diagnosis, it was a bit like a jigsaw puzzle coming together. So it you felt a sense. change in your life? It made sense of an awful lot of situations, behaviors, miscommunications, inappropriateness, blurting out, you know, say what you see. It's a bit like, I don't know if you have the uh, the uh, game show catchphrase. Where they, no, we, why not? They, yeah. they, yeah. they have an image and say, say what you see, say what you see. My life is like that. <laughs> oh, bird. Eagle, Dan! Um, it's... It, <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the but as a result, yes, it did help enormously. And ADHD is not even something I have told people. I only told my agent about a year ago. Um, I have always been worried and paranoid that things like that can interfere with your job prospects. Um, and so I don't know if it did in a previous world. I think that, and I hope that people are much more accepting now. Um, people are understanding that actually within certain uh, jobs and worlds, these things can be a, a, an attribute. And I'm sure as an actor, having ADHD 
has helped enormously with spontaneity and other various things. Where it potentially has hindered is the job of acting, of sitting around, of waiting for the phone to ring, the anxiety levels uh, that we yeah. feel, that constantly being on a hamster wheel of auditioning and the problems that innately uh, can, can be created when you have ADHD in that environment, uh, even doing interviews, et cetera. So, um, yeah, there, I'm sure there are some benefits and, and some that make it, make it difficult, but indeed. So, so, yes, the thing about ADHD also, it, it has often meant I've had a lot of insomnia too over the years, which goes back to morning or night. I'm absolutely exhausted of an evening because I didn't sleep well the night before <laughs> then don't sleep well and I'm absolutely exhausted in the morning Nothing sorry I shouldn't easy. laugh I shouldn't laugh for you. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah 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 so we're two questions in and 15 minutes is done <laughs> no I'm only kidding uh number three if you yeah, were part to- of it is my mind racing and actually just blurting uh, it all I'm out. absolutely loving this mate take your time if you were to create a fragrance, what smell would it be? What would it smell like? The fragrance of Neil Roberts. <laughs> As I've got older, I have got punkier. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure because the first thing that comes to mind. Go on, what is, is your, it? Your, no, your own essence, your own essence of pong. Um, I'm, not sure if any, I'm not sure if one should ever bottle that. Uh, I, I'm quite windy, actually. I, I windy. eat extraordinary. Yeah, I eat incredibly quickly. And so I, I burp and fart a huge amount. And, you know, I'm really quite sophisticated in many ways. Uh, so it's always quite a surprise. <laughs> um, but none so, have yes, slept during this interview. Is this the discipline we're going back to? Well, well, would you know, Dan? <laughs> no, I wouldn't actually. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, I, a master of covering things up, <laughs> masking, a facade of. Well, you mentioned James Bond, the game. I always yeah. wanted to be James Bond, um, and it wasn't till latter life that I realised it wasn't that I wanted to be James Bond. I wanted to always make the right decision. Because in the olden days, that's what he did. More, he's a bit more vulnerable nowadays. But yeah. he was never vulnerable in the olden days. He always made the right decision and the right course of action. And I think maybe because of my ADHD, I was never like that. People, when they first met me, had a perception of, of that sort of sophistication and coolness. But it, it doesn't last for long. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I have no idea why I told you that. But, yeah, so the, the, the So facade, you want to smell like James Bond? Which is a great Yay! answer. He smells Brilliant. fantastic, I guarantee it. Number four, have you ever got someone's autograph? <laughs> My brother met someone from Coronation Street when I was in my teens and said, Oh my and he said, My my brother um, wants to be an actor. Would you be willing to sign this for me? I'm sure he'd be really interested. Uh, his name's Neil. And this person said, signed and gave it back to my brother, who's called Stephen, and said, thank you, Neil. And she thought that he was, in fact, asking for himself, but was too embarrassed. <laughs> anyway, 
she he came home, <laughs> gave me this autograph. Uh, I had never watched Coronation Street in my life at that point and didn't know who on earth this person was. I would be really chuffed now. In fairness, one of my one of my kids' godparents is a regular in Coronation Street. She oh, wow. is absolutely brilliant. Uh, I, and, but it's not the same person who gave my brother an autograph uh, 50 years ago, whatever it was. <laughs> Five, what's a skill you'd like to learn but haven't, Neil? Um, how to voice video games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, You've got that one down, Pat. Yeah. Technical stuff online. I'm very bad. I, my, my, my stepson now you know, wants to create YouTube channels. He wants to record himself yeah. doing Fortnite. Is it OBS or something? He wants That's to. what we're using right now. Is yeah. it IBS? No, OBS. OBS. <laughs> Irritable bowel syndrome. <laughs> um, there's, and it gives me a little bit of a panic and my heart starts racing and my, my mouth goes dry at the idea and I start to get a bit of a, a wink and a twitch when I start to do the technical stuff trying to help him and of course it sticks his palms in and starts pressing buttons and well, no, no, you shouldn't do that it might break it uh, I wish I was more capable of that yeah. because obviously there's quite an age gap of all the children that are uh, within my blended family um, apparently in Finland, they call, they don't call it a blended family. They call it a bonus family when sort of people get divorced and then they get right. remarried. Yeah, a I bonus family. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> yeah. I wish I was a little more technically capable because all I needed to do with the first one was to play Lego races and win a round and he was impressed. Now I have to set up this you know, OBS Fortnite, YouTube, Minecraft, everything else. Uh, so, you know, in fairness, I don't have time for Baldur's Gate 3 because I'm playing all these other games. Neil, my, my cheeks are starting to hurt um, from laughing. If aliens, <laughs> I'm serious, if aliens visited Earth and you were selected to be the one to talk to them for the first time, what would you say? Them. I would do the dark urge monologue. <laughs> Your brain juices are sticky. Oh, that's actually not the monologue. I just remembered where it is. Oh, God, that's the wrong is. line. That's the wrong. You got to the the monologues. Kill, kill, kill. Is that what yes. you're going to be telling them? Yeah, Mister Alien. Kill, kill, kill. No, <laughs> must resist. There you go. I can't remember anything. I did Hamlet once. I can't even remember Hamlet. Um, to oh. be your, ooh, I don't know. Oh, that's a great. Fair, it's an awful lot of an awful lot of TV I do is worth forgetting. Oh. Um, but sometimes, <laughs> oh, come off it. No, sometimes you you you, and I don't know if it's something in you. You know, you do a show eight nights a week. I did, you know, Mary Poppins, Mum Mia, whatever it might be, eight shows a week. You know it inside out. You go on holiday for two weeks. You go back to your performance having not done it for just two weeks, but having done it for months and months and months. And there is this blind panic where, again, your heart's doing this, your mouth goes dry, uh, and you can't quite remember the lines. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, doing Baldur's Gate over four years, I, I have no idea 
Like, yeah, but I would, I would obviously have to have a screen in front of me while I meet the aliens and then do the monologue to them and hope that I can get past kill, kill, kill again before I'm killed. <laughs> if you had to replace yourself as the Dark Urge with another actor, who would you choose to play the Dark Urge in Tab 5? <laughs> I was going to say, really, is there anybody else? <laughs> Uh, no, that sounds terrible. <laughs> if no, I'm this kidding. is if you have to be replaced. Who who are you choosing? Well, in fairness, we couldn't even remember Elijah Wood's name. So if I have to think of an actor, I can't remember them anyway. <laughs> they don't know that I edited Neil that Newbon. in. Okay, I know what Neil Newbon. Then yeah, Dark yeah. Urge <laughs> win another award. Hey, and maybe it could have brackets. Neil Roberts. Oh, God. Number eight. Favourite comedy film? I, for the first time last week, saw Mean Girls. Right. It came out in 2004. I've never seen it before. Yeah. Um, and my wife wanted me to watch it. She was just stunned that I'd never seen it before. And I was shocked because there's an awful lot of comedies which I can laugh at for half an hour but then the humour is always the same. So to be honest, I prefer sort of therefore dark comedies or, or dramedies, as they say in America, a dr drama comedy. Um, however, I was really surprised. Yeah, it's 20 years old, but it's brilliant. It is really, really clever. It's written by Tina Fey, who's also in it. Um, They're and, remaking that, it, you know, don't you? Comes out next week. I thought they were doing... The musical version of it. Yeah, remake kind of musical, yeah. So is it, but I thought it was therefore a, a film ver version of the musical, which is a version of the film as opposed to part two. Yeah, it's not part two. I don't think it's part two. Yeah, yeah but I, could, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I'm not. No, no, no. Yeah. I think you're right because um, my <clears throat> wife does lots of musicals. I think it's coming to Britain soon. Um, so she, she usually goes through. What could I be up for here? <laughs> but yeah. but yes, I do hear it's coming out. I, so that's your favourite comedy film of all time, Mean Girls. No, it's the only one that I remember <laughs> because it's less than a week ago that I watched yeah, it. Yeah, I get Anything it. Else, I, I have completely it. forgotten. No. There's something about Mary and stuff is brilliant. There was a time I I don't know. I just pre <clears throat> yeah. So I, I remember very little, as you know. So let's go with Mean Girls. No, and pretend no, that's a, no, it's a great answer. The last, it has been my favourite for the past 19 years. Most <laughs> um, of the last six days. Your most embarrassing moment that you can remember. <laughs> she said, thank you for adding that you can remember. <laughs> the trouble with my ADHD is that I, I do. I, I, you, you just, as I said, you know, you say what you see sometimes. Um, I, on su Sunday, when we went to... The theatre was a pantomime and um so it's the sort of thing where the audience are encouraged to shout out but because of my bizarreness i shout out at the wrong times <laughs> initially the actors were ignoring me <laughs> uh which is quite right too but then you know if you say things that 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 they they don't want you to shout out at that time so in the end they were sort of <laughs> I was part of the show. 
<laughs> and it's not about narcissistic actors. I don't believe it's about that. As in me being a narcissist and being an actor, oh, I want to be on the stage. <laughs> it's literally having an inability to, oh. to shut up. So when we were doing Baldur's Gate, there were at times, you can imagine, yeah. where I would, I would say lines that, you know, where there shouldn't be a full stop, but it made me giggle if you put the full stop there, you know, usually a little bit naughty or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, and you just look through the glass and see the director and all the other people going, <laughs> not laughing, just going, hmm. uh, no, sometimes I did. Um, I don't know, actually filming Baldur's Gate, which one thing <laughs> I do remember, yeah. in your one, in your onesie, dude, because everything was motion capture. Yeah. Uh, and I know there's a discussion about who did what motion capture with this. I did motion capture, certainly for pretty well everything I said. What motion capture they used, I have no idea. It may be me, it could be anyone. I wouldn't know. Even the monologue, I did motion capture. But whether it is me holding my hand, I can't remember. Uh, or whether they got someone else to do it, I have no idea. But we are in this onesie and it has lots of Velcro over you and these shiny balls all over you and these million cameras picking up your movement. And there was, I was doing one scene and all of a sudden my feet got stuck together and I just went <clears throat> and they were looking, they didn't see me, they were looking on the monitor. And so all they saw was- <laughs> Green Power Ranger fall. Fall. Yeah. And they heard my voice go, oh, fuck. <laughs> and they sort of, their head peered up through the glass. I'm lying on the floor. Uh... What happened? You have these feet, <laughs> these overshoots, and they're Velcro. And they undid, but one foot attached to the other foot. Oh, so both no. feet attached together, like laces being tied together. Yeah. So I tried to do some motion capture movement. And I just fell on my ass. So um, I hope they have got that. And maybe we, we can show it at some point, Dan. Oh, oh my, well, that'd be yeah. funny. <laughs> you got to reach out for that footage. That'd be so funny. I don't think, I wonder if the dark urge, if there's any point in which the dark <laughs> urge collapses because his feet are stuck together. That's me. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> Number 10. What's the thing that makes you happy every day? I'm quite a romantic and a family person. And however much we want our, you know, our success and our careers and to be creative and to act or whatever you do in your life, what is most important to me is actually my family unit and my kids' um, the, and the life that they have and trying to help and encourage and and give them support etc and sometimes that that gives me a lot of anxiety and I think I'm doing a terrible job other times I'm doing a reasonable job but that's why I spend hours doing Lego races uh, for my eldest son or why I, I'm trying to learn all these other things for my stepson so that I can not just be helpful in that way, but actually also to open up opportunities, particularly now. If I can give opportunities to my kids 
and my, my stepson, for instance, can learn all of these various things and I've enabled that in some way, or whether, you know, he goes to drama or he, he, he plays the drums, etc. Giving them those opportunities so that they can enrich their lives and they can become individual, confident people that within themselves, I, I want them to have that. There's certain times I feel that, but many, many times I don't. And it's nothing to do with how I, my parents brought me up. I, I, you know, it's all a different time and many decades ago, et cetera. I want to ensure that my kids have that support so that they, they don't necessarily have to go through all the, the, the various angst that I go through. Having said that, and I hope I can say this, but uh, there's a Philip Larkin poem that starts, they fuck you up, your mum and dad. Um, and it's roughly, even though you try and be better than your own parents, not them up in that way, you purely fuck them up in a different <laughs> way. And so whatever I do, I fuck my kids it up. It actually is kind of true, though. Let's be honest. In a funny oh, way. I, you know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. And I, I think that... that I mean, probably what that, I can't really quite remember what that poem's trying to say, but there's certainly an element of you try not to make the same mistakes as your parents, so you just make other mistakes instead. Exactly. You can only do the best you can at the time. Well, it, no one's perfect. You can't. But talking about, but when you talk about happiness, what makes me happy and what a lot of my drive is, is around my family unit, um, as opposed to the other external things. Uh, and I and you know we're so much awfulness in the world that focusing on that small element is maybe manageable. A couple more cats or dogs. We already know that answer. Always, I think. Always, always had dogs. <laughs> I'm a very needy person, and I find dogs need you more than cats. I may be wrong, but that's my little experience. Having said that, I love all animals, so I wouldn't want to give cats a bad rap or anyone who's got a cat to think that they're missing out on a dog. I want to give you a bonus question as well, all right? Who's your favourite... Bonus family. Dan, what? <laughs> <laughs> who's your favourite Australian YouTuber that interviews actors from the best games in the world? Uh, I don't think I know any. Wow. Um... <laughs> oh, Dan! <laughs> I was acting very, very badly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Two more. Worst food you've ever tasted? My father is Welsh, and we used to go to South Wales pretty well every break from school. And, oh, I've got to forget the name. I don't know if it's Barrel Lau or Barrel Brief. I think it's Barrel Lau. It is um, seaweed bread. Oh. It is bread made from seaweed. And we used to go to Swansea Market and get cockles, that you would then boil up, and all you boil them is a bit of water. So all they really were were these salty, you know, little bits of plasticky things. And on the side was the, the seaweed bread. Mm, fond memories. <laughs> Jesus. Don't oh. say that. Everyone in South Wales loves it. Tradition. Do they really? No. Actually? No, to be honest, whenever I've gone back, more recently, when I've done plays and stuff and spoken to sort of friends who still live there, they um, they don't eat either of those things, ever. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that wasn't great. 
And last one, what is the best life advice you've ever been given that stuck with you? When I lived in Los Angeles, it's funny you should say that because I thought of this earlier. And as you know, I forget everything. But for some reason, when I was walking my dog earlier, this came back to me. And I thought, oh, I wouldn't mind putting that on my Twitter feed, just as my sort of handle, as it were. Is that the right word? Have I lost my technology? Your bio. My bio, my handle. I don't know where that's from. Uh, yes, my bio. Because in America, I went for auditions where the character seemed to be quite wrong for me. And my agent said, no, no, no. You just give them you. And if they like what you offer, they will actually amend and change it. And so while I was there, that happened. This, I played Rex Buckland in a series called Charmed. And my sidekick in that was written as British and mine was written as American. I had just done Beverly Hills 90210 and it's all spelling. And I went to the interview and I read for this character. Um, and they liked the fact of whatever I brought to it. Um, and... In fairness, it's a little bit because he's the charming shit. You know, in America, they, they always used to view the, the British as the baddie, but at the same time, sort of charming. So Rex Buckland was this, this charming character every week. You didn't know whether he was good or bad, but he turned into a warlock, so he was obviously bad. But um, and <laughs> a, panther, a Black Panther, I don't know if you know this, Dan, but a Black Panther pounced on me and... I turned into dust and I blew out the window. That was my finale. That's one yes. way to go. Although <laughs> some real life. But I learned this phrase, keep giving them you until you is what they want. So when I said nice. to you earlier about games, about all these things, I think an awful lot of times when you're being creative, when you're an actor, you do to a certain extent, try and please others. You're trying to please the director, the producer, do what they want. And I think it's fine to understand all of that, but ultimately it's your version of. And so certainly as an actor, in my view, whatever one does at the end of the day is you give them you and you hope and you trust that there are enough opportunities where you will actually get the job and you'll earn some money. So when you go back to the dark urge, I gave them, everyone, my version of how I perceived that monologue, that character, the world that the dark urge encompasses and sits in. Someone else would have given something else. And although there's a dialogue with directors, a writer, etc., because it is your voice and your world and your, it's almost your gunny sack, there's this thing about, the whole of your life experiences come with you. So therefore, my version of is going to be very different from Dan's version of. And I wonder whether you can use that in every aspect of your life. So you keep giving them you. You don't change. You don't try and you, you don't try and change for it's not matter. It's, that's wrong, isn't it? You don't want to change because other people want you to change yeah and they're yeah. driven by the people's perception yeah it is therefore being you know it's probably authentic all those different words that you can use but i just for me what works is that phrase keep giving them you until you is what they want. and that's stuck with you for over how many that's stuck with you for a while yeah 
um, <clears throat> 25 years. It is really hard sometimes to remember. I had a really big audition on Friday with a very big theater producer, biggest in the world. And it's really hard when you're in that situation and you're having a dialogue. You almost do want approval. You want them to say whatever. You want to do whatever they hope for. But when you look at it the other way around, all they want is for you to walk in the room and to be right for this. And the trouble is, I think, when you mold yourself to what someone else wants, you lose your own identity, you lose yourself, you lose your own uniqueness. And the difference of me going into that room and someone else is the me element. So I need to offer that me part of me and show them that. And sometimes it's quite hard to be vulnerable enough and confident enough and relaxed enough to show the me element. But that's ultimately what you need to do, which is why, for me, when we talk about games, I'm not an actor who can do 20 different voices, etc. I can adapt and mould to a certain extent, but ultimately it's all driven by parts of me. And I have to be comfortable and confident enough that enough people will want to accept that uh, or be good enough or whatever, all those other things. But I do think that whenever I have tried to crush that self and please what other people want, it just isn't as spunky or as sparky. It isn't as fun. It's not as unique. It's not as individual. God, that was a long answer yet again. Thank you, Neil. I really appreciate We've had a lot of laughs today. And that was the 13 questions. So first time... What did you guys think? I thought it was fantastic because we couldn't have picked a better first <clears throat> participant than Neil. We need to come up with a name. So if anyone's got a name, leave it in the comments. Um, Neil, if you can come up with a name for me, please too. But I just want to say thank you, mate. Thank you for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. Uh, it is a pleasure. Um, as I said, I do talk a lot, so I apologise profusely. But you have been a wonderful listener. I feel as if I've had an hour and three quarters of therapy. <laughs> and uh, you listen now. <laughs> Before I let you go, Neil, yeah. can, can the dark urge say something to Dan to wrap this up? There's a reason why I'm not a writer. Um, okay. Well, actually, Dan, having spent a long time with you, but all you really want is to meet a friend of mine because they would like a little word with you. And after all, who am I? To resist. I wonder if your brain juices are sticky and sweet. <laughs> Richard Thring, control yourself. There are some urges, Dan, that one cannot resist. Mm. Well, uh, thank you, Dirge. And remember, my power walks with you, always at your side, in Baal's name. Oh, I like that oh. ending. Next! <laughs> Make sure to follow Neil, guys. Get a cameo from him. He's on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Anywhere else, Neil? No, I don't. Oh, stream, <laughs> some lovely Streamly. images, actually. Streamily. Yeah, yeah. Gorgeous yeah. fan art. 
Yeah, absolutely beautiful. The fan art for this game is astonishing. The uh. ability people and just their their passion for it. it must take them hours and hours and hours it's absolutely gorgeous and what i've been staggered by is people have commissioned artists from their own images that they have created in that makeup scene of, of the character creation and then gone to people saying i want ah. this on my it's staggering ah. but yes you can get things like the dark urge and stuff on there but uh it's it's beautiful i'm really really impressed by that fan art Beautiful. Thank you so much, Neil. We appreciate it. No, no, no. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much.